What's up, ghoulies? Welcome back to another mini-sode of Clever Ghouls. I'm Megan, and today we're going to be chatting about artificial intelligence and its representation in horror. For some background, for those of you that might be new listeners, my master's is in behavioral psychology with a focus in statistical psychology, and after working as a behavioral therapist for many years, I switched to data science. After evolving in the field a little bit, I finally settled into behavioral prediction analytics and user behavior research. I specialize in AI and machine learning and building predictive models based on qualitative and quantitative behavioral data. So with that said, let's chat about some AI, shall we? AI has had a pretty staple place in horror and sci-fi forever. The exploration of artificial intelligence in films is not a novel concept. Perhaps it has been such a popular topic, though, because it leads humans to self-reflect on exactly what humanity entails. But when exactly did the idea of technology becoming sentient and taking over first make its way to the silver screen to begin its journey terrifying us? The year is probably 1927, almost 100 years ago now, and our first on-screen depictions of an android made her debut. The Maschinenmensch, otherwise known as Maria, horrified audiences at showings of the sci-fi masterpiece Metropolis. The concept of a robot actually disguising itself as a human was something that was entirely implausible at this time, but that didn't stop it from making it any less scary. Maria played on very human fears of things like being controlled by that which we control, being deceived, and most importantly, being replaced. She represented a future that was bleak. I go into the history of sci-fi as a genre and how it serves as an outlet to showcase our cultural fears and anxieties of the time in my mini-sode titled Techno Stress. So definitely go check that one out for a little bit more background context in because I am going to touch on these concepts in this mini-sode. 1927, when Metropolis came out, there was so much happening in America. The early 20th century was a stage for major global events. Across Europe, borders were being redrawn following World War I and the collapse of the Austro-Hungarian and Ottoman empires. The Soviet Union was formed following the Russian Revolution, while in the United States, there was a period of economic growth ushering in the modern era as we know it. And all of this was accompanied by great scientific progress that was constantly shifting the lens through which we view the world and ourselves. As science and technology was rapidly advancing, people began to fear about their future just as much as they looked to the future with excitement. Over the past century, AI on screen has represented our anxieties, hopes, and ambitions ambitious, as well as our deepest values. Of course, that focus has shifted over time. As we advance, so does our technology, and so does our commentary on it. AI evolved from representations like Maria to much more advanced, adaptable, and human-like representations. And because of this, our perceptions and expectations of AI on screen have also shifted, and we've begun a new exploration of what it means to truly be human. In 1975, we got one of our most iconic examples of AI in film. Stepford Wives, which was later remade in 2004, giving us a much more modern interpretation of this original story. In this movie, wives in a seemingly perfect New England town are replaced by robots modeled to look identical to them, except these new versions are submissive, helpful, and perfect in every way through the eyes of their husbands. And this quickly became a frightening concept to viewers as they begin to wonder if they too could be replaced by better robotic versions of themselves. 
And while the original from 1975 is a true thriller that is rich in its social commentary and drips with danger and warning, the remade version from 2004 is much more of a campy horror comedy, making light of the idea. Over the few decades that separated the two versions of the time, people lost their intense fright that they felt toward AI and robotic replacements and replaced it with dark humor instead. AI and technology had changed significantly and so had our expectations. But even before 1975, films were exploring theories of AI. Researchers like Ray Solomonoff were working to develop thought patterns and decision-making algorithms for AI programs. It was a time of what-ifs. Not only the what-if questions that look positively to the future of what our technology can do, but also the more uncomfortable questions like, what if our technology becomes smarter than us? And this is where we get my favorite depiction of AI in film, 2001 A Space Odyssey. 2001 is a 1968 epic sci-fi film produced and directed by Stanley Kubrick. After uncovering a mysterious artifact buried beneath the lunar surface, a spacecraft is sent to Jupiter to find its origins. A spacecraft manned by two men and a supercomputer named HAL 9000. The whole film is terrifying in so many ways, but what people seem to remember the most is HAL's most fearsome phrase, I'm sorry Dave, I'm afraid I can't do that. It was in this moment that audiences understood that Hal was not under the human's control. And Hal sparked a movement. The 1970s saw increased development in real-world AI. Machines began learning and adapting to language. Though it would be at least 40 years until a program finally passed the Turing test, computer programs were creating scientific discoveries for the first time. AI was just that, intelligent. It sparked imagination and feelings of both hope and fear. After this, in the late 70s and throughout the 80s, we started getting mixed receptions and representation of AI in our films. We got movies like Blade Runner and The Terminator, which showed us reasons to be wary of these advances in AI, but also movies like Star Wars that showed us how helpful and benign AI could be with our droids. But then, of course, came the internet. And with the introduction of this came a world of even more limitless possibilities than ever imagined before. The turn of the millennium ushered in new visions of what a world brimming with technology could become. And with this, we were given movies like iRobot, AI Artificial Intelligence, Ex Machina, and The Matrix. Our depictions of AI became as complicated as our actual AI capabilities. They became deeply complex characterizations that pushed the limits of what we know. And as we move into present day, we get what I think is one of the most fun, albeit still terrifying, depictions of AI, Megan. But as much as I enjoyed this film, it gets so much wrong, like many AI-centric films do. In this movie, Gemma suddenly gains custody of her recently orphaned niece, Katie, and creates Megan, a lifelike, artificially intelligent doll to serve as Katie's best friend and caretaker. However, quickly, the robot program to provide comfort and companionship becomes possessive, manipulative, and goes to violent extremes to protect Katie. But could a doll like Megan exist? I had a lot of friends watch this movie and immediately start texting me with questions since they knew this was a movie of an intersection of so many points of hyperfixation for me that range from child development and psychology to AI and horror films. And the answer, as always, is kind of complicated and nuanced. For starters, we do already actually have AI companions. Companies like Replica provide users with companions and even things like virtual girlfriends, offering users the ability to chat with a bot that takes the shape of virtual sim-like avatars. Replica's motto is always here to listen and talk, always on your side. 
But even with that, I'm pretty skeptical of AI's capability of substantial, authentic intimacy. While this technology exists for virtual companionship, it's still nowhere near the level that Megan was. And there's also been a few studies done where AI has attempted to comfort and console humans, much like Megan did for Katie, and ultimately humans have responded with indifference. Arguably the most disturbing aspects of Megan are her capacity and lack of remorse for violence. But again, this is just really incredibly unlikely. AI, at the end of the day, are just machines and programs. Unless a human explicitly programs a given machine to perform the opposite function of what its programmer instructs, it's going to do exactly what it's created for. Humans have free will. Artificial intelligence does not. Dr. Thomas Wolfe, a co-founder of Hugging Face, which shares machine learning models to help companies create their own tools for their businesses, states that most of Megan isn't anything to worry about in our future, and that the real danger lies in the existential questions that will start to rise as AI becomes more fine-tuned. If this computer can basically do 95% of what I can do, what does it mean to be a human? We'll be rethinking the place that we have in our own world, and I don't think we're ready for that at all as a society. We've talked about a few films already, but if you're like me and just can't get enough of the concept, I want to leave you with a few more of my favorites. Ex Machina from 2014 is about a young programmer, Caleb, who gets selected to spend time in a reclusive scientist home testing a humanoid, Ava. Caleb discusses various topics with Ava, getting to know her and her intentions more. Obviously, we have the cinematic masterpiece that is Alien. I don't think any introduction is needed about this absolutely classic movie. And I do talk a lot in our full episode on this movie about Mother and the fears of AI taking over. But with technological development progressing fast, people have turned to science fiction movies for ideas about how their future might look. While some sci-fi movies present a positive view of technological development, such as artificial intelligence, others are far more skeptical about it. Personally, I'm excited to see how our boundaries of science and technology continue to expand, and I'm even more excited to watch all of our incredible horror and sci-fi films that we get as a result. As always, I love getting to talk to you about brains, behavior, AI, and more, and I can't wait to do it again soon. Stay creepy, ghoulies. The Clever Ghouls podcast is run by Megan, Marissa, Blair, and Melissa. This episode was done by Megan. Our intro and outro music was created for us by Josh Marshall. Find his links in our show notes. For more episodes and other spooky content, find us on your favorite social media platform through our handle at Clever Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And if you really like our content, please leave us a review.